Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Alpha. We can be as badass as we want. We now live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedom, the press destroys information, religion destroys morals, our banks destroy the economy, the inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression, and you can go down the line, you can go down the line. Good evening. I'm Alpha. This is the Alpha Show. Now, the master of common sense, take no prisoners in politics and game making. The man from Chicago who's got their numbers. This is Advanced Urban Political Talk Radio with Alpha. Here's Alpha. Welcome to another episode of the Alpha Show, here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Let's see. Nothing happened. Nothing happened this week. Nothing happened at all. I'm going to speak to you about whether or not Merrick Garland, as Attorney General, can go and borrow Nancy Pelosi's testicles to prosecute these uh, these liars and obstructionists and uh, Bill Barr obviously lied in his Senate hearing to get confirmed. He flat out lied. Or was that another hearing? Everywhere it goes, he lied. The Department of Justice should at the least have criminal charges for perjury. And the House, they should meander down the road of having him disbarred. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it more than once. The FBI, the Justice Department, do not lean to the left. They lean to the right. They are on the side of the Republicans. James Comey, was that the FBI director's name? Uh, 
James Comey did not, by chance, stumble in front of a camera in 86 Hillary Clinton like he did. So I don't know what people are talking about. James Comey was the leader of a right-leaning FBI. The charges that were filed and the fight that came up with Donald Trump is because he brought the fight. He thought they would overlook it, and they did. As he colluded, conspired with the Russians, it's all coming out. It's all coming out now. We have to step back and put this in some kind of perspective. If Republicans regain the House of the Senate, what does that say about America? And I'm sick and tired of the honor system. These people have no honor. None whatsoever. The amount duggery. Obama Obama's spying on us, huh? Deep state, everybody's spying on them, and there's a deep state when, in fact, they're spying on everybody else, and they are the deep state. It's that kind of politics that has to be eliminated. But this was Merrick Garland and the... Trump Justice Department, along with um, the Kiever Cookie Boy, Jeff Sessions, all of them, and I think they're going to subpoena them as they should. And please, please, one of you is not, one of you not answer the subpoena, please, please. You are no longer any part of the executive branch. Now, you may go in there and say, uh, I'm not going to talk about what the president and I talked about. You can go in there and say that. Fine. But at that point, it should be grand jury subpoenas, they collected phone data of children. And the judge that signed off on the warrant for the wiretap, he should be censured 
or brought or brought to justice. And since I'm not a lawyer and I don't play one on television or here at TruthWorks Network, I would ask that um, I don't mean I don't know a lawyer. I know a lawyer. Five one six. Six 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 nine five one six is the number if you want to chime in on exactly what should happen. What should happen to the people who remain in the Department of Justice? I say you should clean house. I say you gotta clean up. There's <laughs> there's no other alternative. Clean house to bring some stability, confidence back to the rule of law. Donald Trump has eviscerated the rule of law. Nobody's spying on you, but you're spying on everyone else. Reporters, this is a straight-up authoritarian move. And with the sound machine from the right, they're going to make it work. And you know why they'll make it work? Because there's no one on the left going at them hard enough to make them fear reprisal. They can get away with whatever they want. They can do whatever they want because they know nobody's going to lock them up for it. I mean, lock them up. This is the continuing coup. This is more information about the continuing coup. As the time kicks on, as the voter suppression laws are signed into effect, this is going to be a steep hill to climb. And I think you start climbing that hill by a full-throated prosecution of those involved in the Justice Department, the illegal wiretaps, and the perjury of Bill Barr. You know, you can only hide in plain sight 
a little, you will be found out. What's going to happen and what's continuing to happen is a full, a continued, a continued coup. We can't wait on 2022 to get here. You get these people into the system. The right wing is full of excuses, but more so, they're full of lies. And the sedition, the sedition that's taking place, Democrats must continue to repeat that word. They are arresting more and more of these clowns. Sedition. Continued sedition. This is Oberman versus Trump, and I'm not Trump. Seditious abuse. Thank you, Attorney General Shapiro of Pennsylvania. That's exactly what this is. It is not a Trump effort or filings by attorneys general or a long-shot legal dispute. It is seditious abuse. Seditious abuse dressed up as a lawsuit by the corrupt attorney general of Texas, who is under investigation by the FBI and facing decades in prison, and who is fishing for a Trump pardon. It seeks to have all the voting in Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin erased, and to have Donald Trump installed as an unelected dictator. And it doesn't matter if it's nonsense or humiliating or it reads like something written by that lawyer on The Simpsons. And it doesn't matter if the new move by six other corrupt attorneys general to join the action, written by the office of Attorney General Schmidt of Missouri, includes Louisiana but misspells Louisiana. The very act of filing this suit, as Attorney General Shapiro has now written in his response, is seditious abuse. Because it sets a precedent that whenever Republicans don't like the outcome of an election anywhere, they can sue to overturn it and to dismantle our democracy. And soon or late, one of these lawsuits will work. We are in this position in large part, I think, because the national media in this country is still breaking itself in half to adhere to a set of rules of supposed balance that no right-winger even still thinks of will not call the things Trump has done what they are as the media rushes back to business as usual, trying to inflate trivial verbal stumbles or disagreements over who should be the new secretary of lumber into the equivalent of the Cuban Missile Crisis. We have not called Trump's insanity insanity. We have not called Trump's racism racism. We have not called Trump's crimes crimes. And we have not called Trump's latest gathering at the White House what it is. It was not the conference of Trump and some state attorneys general. It was not a lunch. It was the assembling of a cabal, a revolution, a conspiracy, a coup. It was a meeting of Trump and his conspirators who are bent on illegally, unconstitutionally, and traitorously overturning the outcome of a fair and uncontested presidential election. And the 106 men 
who have now signed an amicus brief to this seditious abuse, led by Jim Jordan, Steve Scalise, Mo Brooks, and Louis Gomers. They are not Republican congressmen. They are traitors to democracy. And these lawsuits and the formulating new plan to overturn the Electoral College vote in the House, stop thinking this is mere politics. Stop thinking, perhaps worst of all, that this will all go away on January 20th. Understand, digest, confront the fact that the Republican Party is completing its transformation, one that began 20 years ago, perhaps 30 years ago. It is mutating from opposition to insurrection to seditious abuse. To quote Abraham Lincoln from 1862, the dogmas of the quiet past are inadequate to the stormy present. We must think anew and act anew. We must disenthrall ourselves, and then we shall save our country. And that quote from the Civil War is chosen deliberately from the Civil War, because that is the mindset in which Trump and his conspirators are now operating. They are operating against America. This week alone, the Arizona Republican Party tweeted about people being willing to die to keep Trump in power. Far right-wing commentators are beginning to bring up secession. Senator Graham of South Carolina carelessly used that exact phrase about the Republicans in Georgia. He called it civil war. With Trump and the conspirators' sedition meeting at the White House, with Trump's threatening phone call to the Attorney General of Georgia on Tuesday night, with the rumblings from that Russian asset, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, that he will seek to interfere with the Electoral College vote, with Trump's endless and endlessly more insane public pronouncements that, to cut to the chase, he should get to be president, no matter what the election results were, whatever their original tent was or is, Senate Majority Leader McConnell and House Minority Leader McCarthy and the 17 states' attorneys general and Ron Johnson and Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue and Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz and Tom Cotton and Rudy Giuliani and all the others, including virtually the entirety of the National Republican Party, are now actively committing seditious abuse against the United States of America. And we need to face that threat realistically. They are not enacting some political strategy of don't offend our base. They have not simply found another political hobby horse to ride like anti-immigration or Hillary's emails. And they are certainly not taking the path of least resistance, and they are not merely echoing the post-election uncertainty of 2000. This is a coup. This is seditious abuse. If it works, God help us. If it doesn't work, God help us. Because what is left in the wake of failure is a huge, stupid mass of America fed these fantasies of a stolen election by corrupt Republican fascists who don't give a damn about democracy and who are telling them that what is in fact seditious abuse is instead patriotism of some kind. As Trump's attorney in the latest seditious abuse suit in Wisconsin, Bill Bach, actually told the judge there, overturning the election, defeating democracy, will lead to, quote, greater freedom, and that a ruling in Trump's favor in the case in Wisconsin would be viewed by history as the righteous moral equivalent of the Supreme Court decision which overturned the laws against interracial marriage and the Supreme Court's 1954 ruling against school segregation in Brown v. Board of Education. This was said aloud. The end of democracy would be the moral equivalent of Brown v. Board of Education. If George Orwell had written that sentence for his novel 1984, he would have reread it and thrown it out 
for being too ridiculous even for the world of doublethink. Call these people what they are, traitors to democracy, and call what they are doing what it is, seditious abuse. Good night and good luck. Now, can you tell me why the narrative for every Democrat going before camera, regardless to the host and the question, you can give them a quick three-word answer and you start reeling on what is happening, what Republicans stand for. They stand for authoritarianism. They stand for the lies that are coming from losers. And that's all we have. That's what we will be ruled by. The politicians who don't want to help the people. That is the difference between a Republican and a Democrat. Look at the bills that are written and passed in the House. Look at the bill, the $1.9 trillion. Has that helped the country? Has it helped everyday working Americans? Don't tell, talk to me about a damn tax cut. Don't talk to me about corporations leaving to go abroad. Don't talk to me about nonsense. Don't come, don't call me and ask me about What about is I can only see what's happening. And what's happening, we are being gaslighted into an authoritarian system. Democracy has one more election. Since we have Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema, who stand in the way of our agenda. We must go in and defeat people like Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. There has to be some type of payback. Ron Johnson has been fomenting Russian propaganda, which is sedition against America. With his misinformation and the rest of them picking the ball up and carrying the nonsense, our democracy, is at the precipice. 
of going into an autocracy, an authoritarian, whatever. And the only way to stop them is to lock Donald Trump up. Lock him up. Lock him up for wire fraud. Lock him up for tax fraud. Lock him up for insurance fraud. Lock him up for bank fraud. And lock up every one of the people who were involved in the Trump organization. Who were involved in his inauguration. That's right. That's right. Mary Garland has the power to fire them all tonight. Everyone involved in the scheme. that is broken on this Friday evening. Every one of them should be fired. And you see, I'm like this. You don't just fire them. You fire them. (laughs) And this is not the military. But I do believe the the government, if you commit a criminal act, you can go down and lose your pension. And they should all lose their pension. It won't matter to them. They have stolen and collected enough money. No one will be on hardship. But we got to demand that Joe Biden's Justice Department clean house. I don't know if uh, or how many of you heard Ellie Mastal, but um, he basically snapped. And he's calling for the arrest and jailing of these people, um, especially Bill Barr. Bill Barr was the conduit that nullified the Mueller report. And but for the Justice Department decree that you can't indict a sitting president, Trump has deserved it. He's eligible. Uh, I would love to see them all locked up, but more so I would love to see them all perp-walked. I know.
No, 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 Janice. They should be fired and lose their pension. for the egregious act. And what kind of what kind of evidence did was brought before the judge to sign off on this? That's that's something else I want to know. That's why I'm requesting um, consultation with a legal mind. So, uh, uh, 516-666-9516. Do we have any lawyers out there? Well, I can't read, Janice. 516-666-9516, Okay. I don't know. It's like pulling teeth here. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth here. But nevertheless, I stumble forward. Keith Holden did the sedition against America. And this is his update. This is Oberman versus the Republican coup of 2025. We know right now that the Trump Department of Justice spied on three Washington Post reporters and illicitly seized their phone records and tried to seize their email records because they had reported on the Trump campaign's conspiracy with the Russian ambassador and spy, Sergei Kislyak. This is a newly discovered direct, naked, and brazen attack on the Constitution of the United States. And everyone involved in making it happen, especially the then Attorney General William Barr and Trump itself, must be prosecuted immediately. We also know right now that the Trump-infested Republican Party is accelerating its purge of those who have stood up to the fascist in exile at El Lago, and that the next head to the political guillotine will be the House Republican Conference Chair Liz Cheney, to be replaced by a soulless, fleasbag chameleon named Elise Stefanik, who will support anything, including the violent overthrow of the government of the United States, provided that there's something in it for her. A psychotic vote audit continues in Arizona, may last until July. Voting suppression and even voting nullification legislation has passed in Georgia, has passed in Texas, has passed in Florida. And this all adds up to the same thing it has added up to since the January 6th attempted coup. The Republicans are now willing to end democracy in this country just to maintain their own goddamn power. Every step is an attempt to bring Trump back, to keep people from voting against Trump, to nullify their votes if they do, to elect a Republican House that will again move to ignore a Democratic presidential victory in 2024 and install Trump as dictator. Yet to this point, President Biden and the Democratic majorities in the House and the Senate have done nothing to stop this. Vaccination and the economy are priorities, of course, but they will not mean much in a Trump fascist dictatorship in 2025. Democratic majorities are now guaranteed for only 20 more months. Biden and Pelosi and Schumer and all of us must decapitate the new Republican plan to destroy freedom, and we must do it now. Because for Trump, for Republicans, for fascism, for dictatorship, January 6th was practice. 
Just practice. 516-666-9516. Ah, there's a caller with their hand up. 561. Thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to TruthWorks Network. I wonder who this could be. Alpha. Here's how it's done. Yes. Okay. You you send an email to the person and say, can you join me on my show tonight as a guest so we can talk about this? You don't be shouting people out on the radio. Um. <laughs> Alpha, our democracy... Our democracy, it's under attack. I mean, I think most people will understand what is happening in this country, understand that, even if it's on a very simplistic level. We are in trouble, We and, and we have to understand that we we are a very young republic, and democracies do fail. Um, the there was a democratic government in um, the ten years prior in Germany, ten years prior to the election of Adolf Hitler. Um, let me say this, and most of the people who listen to your show pretty much know that I spent. Um, 12 years at the Department of Justice, Clinton administration, the Bush administration, um, the Obama administration, and part of the Trump administration. Well, I wasn't in, in DOJ in the Trump administration. So here is what I think is happening or I think that happened, or I think that is happening. I think Bill Barr will take his testimony before the Senate uh, Judicial Committee, and uh, he will point to his confusion about whether it had been suggested or inferred to him by anyone if you go back to the questioning of then-Senator Kamala Harris, um, who asked him if he had been, if it had been suggested to him that he investigate political enemies, and his response was that he's getting hung up on the concept of suggestion. And he and she did not pursue it further. It is clear with all of this information that we have now that he perjured himself in that yeah. hearing. Um, so it would, in a, another political environment where Joe Biden, who is now the president, or any American president, is trying to hold down the fire. That's what he is doing. 
when Merrick Gar uh, um, when Gar Garland went into this job, he knew what we all know today. And it is a poli political measure, in my estimation, that they are taking. One of the things where uh, the, Cong the most of the Congress, Democratic Congress, is now calling for um, <coughs> the excuse me, the Department of Justice to be cleaned out. Um, and that's what they're doing. They're allowed today and yesterday, all weekend and Monday. OPM, uh, it's the Office of Personnel Management, has been called to be on all hands on deck to handle the resignations because it takes some time. It takes almost 30 days to process a resignation uh, in the federal government through the Office of Personnel Management because people have got to figure out how many years of service, how many additional, I mean, it's a, whole, it, 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 it's a nightmare. So I believe that what they're doing is they're giving time and expediting the resignations of the key people who were involved in this because keep in mind Merrick Garland did not go in there cleaning house when he knew that he should be cleaning house so all of Trump's embedded people at the senior level in the Department of Justice are still there those are Trump appointees who became civil service employees after Trump left. That's what presidents do. And, you know, and, and I have to, full disclosure, I was an appointee. And when, by Bill Clinton, and when Bill Clinton left office, I was one of the people who he made a civil service employee. Appointees cannot stay in appointee positions in a new administration. They have to go somewhere else. So, uh, with the exception of people like Louis DeJoy, I don't know what kind of deal he got, but anyway, because there will be an unbelievable firestorm by Tuesday or Wednesday. I agree with you when you say that Merrick, Gar Merrick Garland, am I calling his name right? I don't care. <laughs> May not be may not be the kind of warrior that we need as an attorney general right now. He's not. 
but everything that you see in the New York Times report is a federal is a violation of federal law and most of them are felonies if you intentionally are not intentionally put a a fact of a fact in a document in the federal government that is not true you can be fired you can also be charged criminally if it is shown that you did it intentionally. You sign a piece of paper which says that you will do just that. That all that, I mean, there is a form in certain documents, and they and it is applies to sub, uh, request um, application for subpoena, which says that. Everything that you have put in that document is factual and you have tested the authenticity of the facts. And he told me to do it. Don't it's on it's the last page of every subpoena application. Another is that if you will recall, Bill Barr sent out a memorandum which said that everything that had to do, all matters relating to the Mueller report and matters relating to foreign in- intervention and in and um, and What's that other word? I'm having a real hard time. Uh, um, Influence had to go through his office to the DSA, which is the Deputy Secretary, uh, DAS, Deputy Attorney Secretary, Deputy Attorney General, DSG, DAG the DAG, and to him. If you will recall that, that is when he fired all the regionals. So... I want to ask you about that. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to spit about... It must. The 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 collection of information into your control. Like Trump put the pandemic in Mike Pence's control. That way he could control what went out as a message. The Justice Department does the same thing. Absolutely. Keep in mind the Attorney General works at the pleasure of the President of the United States. Jeff Sessions sure understood that 
Bill Barr understood that, and that is why he left prior to Donald Trump's administration termination. He left real fast, if you will recall. He left before the riot because he knew that what they were planning. Here's a deal, I think, Alpha, your question earlier about the subpoena. A judge can only deal with, remember all them days I used to be talking to you on the phone, sitting in a federal courthouse, waiting for the judge, blah, blah, blah. Much of that was because a judge needed to review causation documentation, and that is the causes for the the application for a subpoena. It's a separate document. And a judge will only operate on what is in front of him or her, unless there's a deal. You know, they're corrupt and evil judges. But if you lie in the application, unless a judge is aware of some other conflicting factual evidence, then there is nothing that he or she can do to reject the application. Nothing. Now, now when the judge signs, and I understand that part of it, but when the judge signs off on it, and then you get this kind of, I will call it, you get this kind of evidence that comes up that there has been, there have been spying on the phone records and on the people and even a child. As a judge, you wait, wait, you have you're assuming, team. you're assuming that the judge is reviewing the operative of the the subpoena. Judges don't do that. Unless someone, for instance, if Apple had uh, in a reasonable time informed its customers that the federal government had subpoenaed their phone records, way back when this was happening, Adam Schiff, Eric Solwell, all of them could have gone to the judge and applied for a writ of termination of the subpoena. And then they could have brought an action against the department. Why do you think if you will recall, why do you think that Donald Trump, remember when he called Steve, not Steve Jobs, um, 
the the CEO of Apple. Remember he called them Apple something or something Apple? His first name and Apple by mistake. Why do you right. think he was at that dinner? Because the department had done business, had ha- had a deal going on, had an interaction which was significant with that corporation. There was an exchange. There was an exchange, and I think we won't know about it. We certainly won't know about it through an investigation by the Inspector General. But I think that there was an exchange that Apple got something for holding back on the notice to people in that subpoena. Or they issued a gag order. But none of that information was to go out. (coughs) And that's why Apple agreed to it. I I mean, if you remember, it was either Seattle or... um, I can't remember, but there was a, a shooter. I don't know if it was the shooter at the mosque, at the temple in Maryland or when. And the department subpoena, and the reason I, I uh, took note of it, because the department subpoenaed the phone records of the shooter who had killed people, and Apple refused So I'm thinking that Apple got something in regard to this, that there was a deal, and it had something to do with Apple's foreign holdings and manufacturing centers or or something about what Trump was doing with trade and commerce, international trade and commerce. Alpha, are you there? Yeah, it's just I, I, I'm I'm listening to what you're saying, and I am saying that there is just too much available corruption for corporations. It's too much available corruption in government. That's what yes. we need to be concerned about. We need to be concerned. We need to be concerned that the people who are civil servants are held accountable. It's against the law. I mean, I stopped going to NAACP meetings because I believe that there was a conflict between my responsibility as a federal official I stopped going to a lot of things. I stopped talking to a lot of people. I severed my relationship with a lot of people that I had done community work with, et cetera, et cetera, so that there would be no appearance of conflict, of bias, of partisanship. 
partisanship. So, Janice, just as you said, you said that you were playing by the rules. That's right. And you were the only one. You were the only one playing. No, don't don't say that. There are lots and lots of people who are federal officials who play by those rules because it's so easy. But there are also people, you know, like um, the people who were embedded after the two Bush administrations. whose job it was to continue the agenda, the Republican agenda. Uh, one of the reasons that I was moved over to HUD was to block. You remember when I made that move, was to to block the kind of partisanship that was going on in regard to housing policy and how it was being implemented. Um, So, um, but there are many, many, there are more federal employees who are sensitive and work under the guidance of ethics than there are for those who break it. The ones who break it you already know their names, Bill Barr. And Bill Barr brings, I mean, when you see a president fire everybody and bring in people who have, can't even begin to be as competent as the ones that they're replacing you got to know something's up. When you see Bill Barr, the Attorney General of the United States, who, who, who re- refuses to answer a question, a yes or no answer, there where the answer ought to be no. And he was not answering it because he did not want to be charged with perjury at some point. And when you look at the report, when you look at the report that talks about how they cleared the protesters, the Black Lives Matters protesters at, at St. John's Square at Lafayette Park, you know that that report was written by Trump people and covering the IG for Bill wrote Barr. The right, and the IG wrote the report. And days later, the people came out and confessed to using tear gas. And in yep. the report, it was no tear, no tear gas was used. Well, yep. whoever that idea is should be 86. Uh, that should IG, be looking. That IG did leave. Uh, about a month before the the um, transfer of power. 
But you but, but you look at the director of the GSA. You know, here here is my problem with Joe Biden. My major problem with Joe Biden. It's not like he hasn't been paying attention. The woman who held up uh everything at the GSA in the transfer of power. She should have been fired. She was there for two weeks after Joe Biden was the president of the United States. She should have been the first person to be fired. No, the first person All should these... have been to during at the post office. And he... Well, the president has no His power to... The president has no power to fire the postmaster general. Well, the ten, the ten but, you councilmen know, are. I recommend, Alpha, for everybody to begin to read the series at the Boston Globe about what laws need to be changed, what regulations need to be changed to prevent this from happening ever again. Because um, it is my position that the way in which it should be done is that every appointee should have to resign. That no appointee over the the uh, GS of 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 uh, thirteen can hold a job in the federal government for five years. And the reason I say that is most of the people who are import appointees, if you look at let's take for instance. For example, but not ex- uh, exclusive to the Trump administration, none of those people would take a job in the federal government lower than a 14 GS 14. The ones that are operatives, you know, they are operatives. Every administration. And uh, puts into place their operatives, people who make sure that people like me are being watched and reported. People like my counterpart in New York, New Jersey, that she is carrying the Trump banner the partisan banner. And she was the only she was the only Trump official who was charged for ethics violations and and banned from from holding a federal job for 4 years cuz she was black. The little uh Eric Trump uh, wedding planner lady. I can't even think of her name as much as I used to. <laughs> but she was the only Trump. What? She was involved with the inauguration, wasn't she? 
Yeah, and she became the regional director of Region 2, which is all of New York, New Jersey, and parts of Delaware, without, at HUD, without any housing yeah. experience at all. She didn't know jack shit about housing laws, housing (laughs) programs, nothing. But she was. Let a little education get in the way. So she was brought up on charges of violations of the Hatch Law Act. And. She was found guilty, and she has been banned from federal employment for four years. The only one out of all those people. And, you know, the, the, the other part of it is you can't just look at what happened at the Department of Justice and say, oh, it was Trump's people. There are people who might have been appointed 50 years ago that's in there, and, and, and those people will do what, whatever any administration tells them to do. If one administration tells them go to the right, they go to the right. If one the coming, in the incoming administration says, oh, no, hell no, go to the left, they go to the left because they're all about keeping their jobs so that they can keep their pensions, and at some point, someone has got to start thinking about oversight in how senior federal service is managed. And, you know... I, you know, I, I worked for 15 years in corporate America. And when I went into federal service, one of the things that struck me, which was really interesting, is, is how honest most of those people are. Oh, no, you can't say that because that's not true. <laughs> oh, no, you can't say that because you can't prove that. In corporate America, shit, you say whatever you have to say. <laughs> And I was really struck by that. But the other part of it, too, in terms of the competence of the organization um, and the competence of the process to get the work done, I was stunned for the first two years. I couldn't believe people work this way, you know. Um, Don't ever get anything done. Go from year to year and nothing new has happened. So don't, we can't be surprised when we find out it was so easy to, this is the Department of Justice where this happened. And it's just like the title of your show says, they were hunting political enemies. The Attorney 
General of the United States was enabling, empowering, and and but didn't I used to tell you that Bill Barr was the master orchestrator of anything that would write well, that Trump wanted to do? Well, when Bill Barr came onto the scene, I screamed immediately because I knew of his work with W.H. Bush, Ronald Reagan, and the looking the other way on selling arms and drugs Nicaragua. to the Iranians. And Iranians, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I knew, we all knew. I knew he was the one. They were, they were so caught up. And when they went to Bill Barr, he told W.H. Bush, to pardon them all. Yep. But, the but here, the, here, here, is part, here is part of the clue. Part of the clue was that Bill Barr did the first political favor before he was ever nominated, and that is when he submitted a 25-page brief on why the President of the United States cannot be charged while in office. That was his first political favor before he was nominated. And the most disappointing part of it all was that when during his nomination hearing, the Democrats, the Democratic senators, including Chuck Schumer, didn't come down on him with both feet because that was the the bell ringing about about why Donald Trump was nominating him so you watch they're going to put all of this they're going to they're going to shove all of this to Vanita Gupta who is new she worked in the department um, under Clinton and a part of Bush's first term but this is her first time at the rodeo as a senior official. They're going to put all of this on her plate in the same way that they're putting a border on Kamala Harris's plate. Because the President of the United States does not want the fires to be stoked. Merrick Garland knows that. Kamala Harris knows that. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi know that. Because if this had been a different kind of president, I mean, everybody is getting their um, signals from from um, Joe Biden. He's he's running this thing. And anybody with any sense 
that understands what has happened here, the gravity of what has happened here, would very much think that on Tuesday morning, Bill Barr, Jeff Sessions, what was a guy named Gan, 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 Michael Gan, the the uh, the, Don, the president, Don Gan, Don Gan, Don Gan, and and uh, who was who was the who was the person who was the first chief of staff? Um, remember the guy that was the first piece of uh, first <laughs> first piece of shit. Okay. Is that- is that yeah, what you want to yeah. say? <laughs> yeah, uh, the first chief of staff under Donald un, in the Trump administration. They would all be before the um, Judicial Committee on Tuesday morning. Show up or go to jail. And it's not going to happen. They're going to use the um, Inspector General to drag this out while all the the Trump's crime syndicate moves out of the department. And then they're going to have a nice hearing. And at that hearing, they will decide they need to talk to Bill Barr. You know, and the other, other part of all of this that I have never understood is that if you're if you're if you're a special prosecutor and you do a job you are always obligated to show up to answer questions anytime that the people who paid you want That should have been the first agenda item for Merrick Garden. Why do I keep messing up this man's name? What's his name? Garland, Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland, the first order of business should have been for what is called a department review of his report because they already knew that Bill Barr had lied about the report. There's another guy, um, when I get tired, it's hard for me to recall names and words sometimes because I'm just getting older. But there's another guy um, his name is Tong or Tuan. I can't think. Uh, and he was the central figure in the investigation for the FBI on the issues of Russian interference in the 2016 election. He should have been another one that was uh, um, 
I mean, there was so much heat on him, he resigned. They didn't fire him. He resigned before Trump fired him at the same time that he fired Sally Yates and fired um, um, Peter Strzok and Lisa, whatever her name is. (laughs) People will be able to know who I'm talking about. (laughs) What? Well, tell me something. Won't Sally Yates feel in her pension? I don't know. I don't know the. Um, I believe she was. Oh, it's mm-hmm. Okay. I don't. It, I, it's I, I, I don't know the. I don't know the reason. It's according to the reason. If she, if if they said that she violated uh, department rules and regulations, and that's why she was terminated, she won't get her retirement. Well, can't that be appealed? Yeah, but that takes years. Um, I'm, I'm doing a, an appeals. I'm doing an appeals hearing of uh, of an appeal that started three years ago on Wednesday. They just they're just listening to the appeal. That in and um, of itself. Mm-hmm. It's just three years ago. That's mind boggling. Mm-hmm. That's mind boggling. And and you see the thing is the thing is that if Joe Biden wanted to for this to go the way that he says he wants it to go, Alpha, he could reverse a lot of this stuff. He could be just like Oprah. You get your job back. You get your job back. You get your job back. And I hope he calls up here and says, you get your job. Yeah, so um, but that is not who Joe Biden is, and that is not how he's going to run his administration. And I think that Joe Biden has sold the Democrats. Um, what they want. I mean, a whole lot of things would be different. Yeah. I mean, instead of getting $1,400, you would have gotten $2,000. But that was a well, deal. Well, you did get 2000 You got 600 and then you got fourteen. Fourteen hundred. You got 2000 mm-hmm. That's, not, my that's not what he said. The, 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 the 16 had already gone out. When he Before said two thousand, the six hundred had already gone out. Uh, yeah, the Republicans whatever. Made them, the Republicans made them whittle it down, and I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm so so fed up <laughs> with the Democrats getting getting uh, uh, the hell beat out of them. And, and negotiating for bipartisanship, the biggest campaign to uh, criminalize, to vilify and demonize 
should be on uh, John Roberts for the Supreme Court. He bought yep. Citizens United. And look at yep. what look at what the dark money, look at what the corporate money has wrought. He brought yep. us to that point where he took away the um, the uh, voters' rights, the fifth uh, Article Five, yep. the free clearance article yep. of the Voting Rights Act. This was a mark to authoritarianism. Well, yeah, but keep in mind that John Roberts was not nominated and voted for the Supreme Court because he was going to be on the left or he was going to be a progressive. That's that's not why he was there. He was there for just what he did. People think well, that this started. Go ahead. You said, let me put it like this. I'm waiting no. for you to... You said people think that this just started. And I was listening to you. Okay. And I'm going to okay. tell you like this. I, I, do, I do believe that um, uh, Pascal Robert had a good uh, a good point. Commentary and point on when this started under Ronald Reagan, and i got to tell you Absolutely. at no time in the history of this country did this country grow and become the world engine that it is Then the time when the government and not the corporations was the driving engine. That goes for the infrastructure bill, the roads and the and all of that and and the rise of the unions and the rise of the middle class, all of that is a blueprint for the country and its advancement. At no time did this country Prosper more than when FDR, the New Deal, and all of that was implemented. And at no time will it recover until the government taxes, the corporations. It's not enough to allow Ronald Reagan to bring upon the rise of corporations as he demonizes and vilifies government and he's going to shrink government into a bathtub and all of that, you know, uh, nonsense, all of that verbal nonsense to the part where what do you see now? You see nothing more than corporations Going abroad to avoid taxes, there should be a substantial penalty for that. To 
stop that. And the the mere, you know, when you look, when you find out that most of your pharmacies are government driven financially, and then they they're making billions, and people aren't getting any better. I have never seen so many advertisings on television for pills, uh, heart medicine. Yeah, big pharma, big pharma going straight to the consumer. Big right, big pharma is like they, and this bit about uh, the government can't negotiate lower medical costs for Medicare, all of this is geared to for private consumption, for the private sector to prosper. And that's why we have the the inequity in our system is because we have subsidized these private corporations to a point where they become too big, and that's what we've well, that's what we've done. Here, here is my take about that, and you know, I try to, I try to look at all the tentacles in an issue, and there's so many tentacles of what you've just commented about. You know, this capitalistic society. And and we have a government that feeds into capitalism and believes that it has more value than the citizens of this society. I I noticed that bringing it, Boye had mentioned earlier in your chat room, um, saying that if you're on the low end of the chain, your voice is never heard. And one of the things, and, and that is absolutely true, and it has to do with the way in which dark money, capitalism, um, and, and to a certain extent, um, power and control comes into play. But let me let me just say this, I think that the capitalists and I can't call the GOP a political party anymore. They're just a um a well-financed gang of thugs that they have decided that they are going to overthrow this government utilizing the resistance of the Federalist Society and the judicial intelligence of the federal society, um, uh, Federalist Society to overthrow the way in which the Constitution of the United States is now contemporarily uh, interpreted. 
that means they're throwing they're over they've decided to overthrow democracy and one of the things that is really really dangerous about it is that they have employed weaponry of really really poor ignorant sec- sanctions of uh, section sectors uh to carry out the nasty, ugly part of it. And these people are bruising for a war. They're bruising for a a civil war. And we don't take that seriously. We don't take it seriously. And it's unfortunate. But, you know, what I think about how this country and these – and citizens of America need to wake up, it is to understand that they're looking for a violent uprising. And what happened, and one of the reasons that I'm always talking about the Weimar Republic, it, it was the violent uprising. I mean, when these uprisings were happening, Alpha, Hitler was in prison. But he got votes while he was in prison. He didn't get a lot. He got like 140. But he got votes while he was in prison. And when he came out of prison, it was recognized that the German people were so fearful of the violent uprisings that they were willing to listen to anybody who would agree that those uprisings were the were, were the worst were, was the problem rather than the underlying factors that created the violent uprisings if you look at the Weimar republic one of the biggest resistance by the citizens of germany was in the arts you know the the idea that women were showing their legs, women were showing that there was a a lot of porn, there was a lot of sexual uh, sexual kinds of uh, art in the theater, in the music, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's what people fo- focused on. So what what we're having right now is the event white event white supremacists evangelical ban that is trying to as much as possible to create the friction and temper to have this what what I've been calling the civil war 2.0 and 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 in doing that then the government would have the obligation and responsibility to do something different. And I will tell you, the the Democrats are going to lose the House in 2022. And that... I don't think so, Jen. Well... I don't think so. I hope not. I I don't think that they will lose the House... Well, and I say that let me let me let me put this with that. 
the Republican Party has refused to be a party that offers the working people anything but strife and war. When Republicans on the right can't win with their ideas at the voting booth, they resort to suppression of the vote, gerrymandering, and violence in the street. And that's exactly what Republicans are doing. And unless there are enough Democrats who can come to a microphone, you know their messaging is for shit. Unless enough Democrats come to the microphone and repeat that, that Republicans have nothing to offer working-class, blue-collar people, but war, cheating, because they have no ideas. Yeah, but but here's the problem. You're making my point, Alpha. My point is that these people don't care. The people who participated in the insurrection, the people who are out, Um, campaigning against critical race theory that doesn't even exist in their schools, the people who are supporting the voter suppression, gerrymandering, stop-the-steal argument, they don't care if it's not true. These are people who cannot recognize, I'm, I'm talking about working poor, people who cannot recognize that they are locked up with the enemy, their own enemy. And I think it's more so the the other part of that from the messaging of Democrats is that Republicans are doing nothing but parroting the Russian talking points and Russia is waiting in the wing to sweep white supremacy throughout this country. And that is why the House Democrats will lose the House. And I think they might lose both the House and the Senate. And if that happens, Alpha, politically, we ain't got... What they say about the boat? Not only don't we have a boat, uh, the tide is out and they ain't never coming back in. Well, that's like I said, that's the that's the fight. That's my take on it. It's not just it's not just the left. It's our democracy. Yep. Our democracy. But 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 when you when you think about it. Uh, when you think about it, Alpha, for you and me and, and black folks in this country, there really has never been a true democracy. True. If it were, you You're know, absolutely you know, right. You know, you know, You're I absolutely mean, right. But, democracy has but. been democratic ideals. De- democratic ideals have been big, but democratic opportunities have been very limited, and there have been some parts of democracy that has been totally blocked. You know, for instance, 
um, our communities have been gerrymandered, and 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 the districts have been not uh, in compliance with redistricting laws. Um, schools have been resegregated. There's been limited, uh, intentional limited access to government services, health access, health care access, the whole nine yards. Um, so um, we we have to to keep that there has never been one vote, one man, one vote in this country. The idea that corporations are people too is so far flung from the concepts of democracy that this country has touted. Um, I, I, I really feel bad for... Joe Biden has, and you know, and the thing is, I have the sense that Joe Biden is oblivious to shit that's going on. I do. I really do. I mean, he makes nice speeches and all that stuff, but sometimes I don't even think that he understands the reality of what's going on in this country. Otherwise, unless Essentially, he's a you know he's the old Republican Party, and maybe that's what's happening here, that the Democrats are the old Republican Party, the real Republican Party is no longer the 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 GOP. It's something else. So Joe Biden, because I always thought him to be a centrist to the right. And I think that, yeah, I understand that. Um, But um, some of the things that he says doesn't align with that. And we have to be very, very careful um, because right now he's not even saying the things that he said when he was in campaigning. He's an old white man playing old politics. This place in South Carolina before they voted. Yep. So, um, you know, and then, you know, he's got support like with Jim Clyburn and um, I'm not so sure even if Nancy Pelosi is happy with Joe Biden at this point, or Chuck Schumer. He's not. Yeah. So he's not. He's he's eighty. He's about to leave. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, one of the things we have to constantly continue to ask ourselves: Why, if when the GOP is the majority? They get everything done that they need to get done. But now the Democrats in the Senate are the majority, and they can't get shit done. Oh, they can't get shit done do... because Joe Manchin, Christian Cinema, 
filibuster. What does Mitch McConnell do when people get out of out of hand? I don't know. He threads them somehow. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering also, and we'll go back to, to the start of this conversation, if with those records that were subpoenaed, phone records that were subpoenaed, maybe we don't know whether or not Republican congressional people phone records were also subpoenaed or no. tapped because they did, they did not say it it did not mm-hmm. it did not that's read right. like that and the subpoena that's right it's a, it's the same thing that happened about the DNC emails right they re- the news reported that the DNC and the GEO and RNC emails were hacked. They reported everything that was in the Democratic uh, DNC emails, but nothing about what was in the RNC emails. If you would recall. Right. So I'm wondering if Trump also and the bar and sessions also got records on Republican people, and that's why people like David Nunes and Scalise and Matt Gates and Jim Jordan and uh, Mark Meadows and Rob Johnson, Ron Johnson. All of them people. I'm wondering why they all fell in line. I'm wondering why Mitch McConnell on January 7th ripped Donald Trump a new one about the riot on at the Capitol. But then started walking it back three weeks later. I'm just wondering. I'm just asking the question. Alpha, I know you only got, thank you for having me as your, your guest tonight. But Is my call I, 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 <laughs> um, I believe that as a country we're in trouble, and and I tell and I seriously, seriously, am concerned about living in a state like Florida. Um, and I think people ought to be concerned that most of us want something from our government but can't get it. Seventy percent of the people say 
they like what Joe Biden is doing. They like this and that on policy issues in regard to to Joe Biden. But we can't get what we want. And um, that should be troubling. We should all be troubled by what is going on in this country because as much as I criticize, I criticize on the basis of what I know, what I've experienced. And um, as much as we do, I can't figure out where to go because if there was a place to go, I would be. Didn't I tell you I was retiring to Madagascar? They wouldn't have you. I called ahead. I mean, I was seriously thinking about retiring um, and going to another country. I spent a month in Havana for no reason. But um, when you when you think about it in terms of a formula, there's no place for Americans to go. Um, so it, it ought to be troubling to all of us because they they promised that the Confederacy would rise again. And indeed it is. All you have to do is look at the issue of voter rights for black and brown people in 47 states. Today, um, Ron DeClantis, the governor of Florida, signed a bill prohibiting critical race theory in any curriculum in state-funded education. That's the that's the that's the essence of what happened during slavery, where there was a law against black people learning how to read. It's the same thing. And that's why, and that's why the NAACP and every civil rights organization, uh, ACLU, should be joining forces, going to court. Yeah, because it's the same thing as banning a book. When you begin to, when you when you begin to select certain kinds of um, education uh, curriculum for public for public uh, fu- publicly funded schools, and he included the private schools. I don't know how many private schools are uh, uh, in Florida, but he included the private schools. But there's not a private school in Florida that's going to resist that law. Most of them ask for it. And that's where we are, Alpha. That is where we are. So, And the thing that um, I truly believe is the thing that Biden could do 
you know, for every There are lots dollar. of things Biden could do. Biden's Department of Education and Biden's Department, uh, Department of Justice could issue a regulation which says that if you do this, you will get no more federal funds. Exactly. That's my point. You give a dollar, you get a dollar. Most of your red states get more than they give. Mississippi gets two dollars and three cents, and you know, you know, Janice, there's a uh, there's a a, a a chart that I've been following for the longest, and it basically tells us who gets what. And yeah. who in, who's in the red state and what they get, you know, every state gives a dollar. And for that dollar, they get back X amount. And this is these, uh, this is what they, you know, they tell us what these states get back. And believe me, Kentucky look at what gets Kentucky gets. Was it a dollar fifty-one or a dollar seventy-eight? But all of your red states to cut their federal funding by fifty-eight percent, seventy-one percent, they'll still get the dollar that they give. Here it is, and I can, if it lets me, I can run it down. Okay, and come up with this blocker. Turn off your blocker. Man. Oh. And this uh this ad blocker that they put up on this particular insider insider business uh website that gives us the the Denominations that come in. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. New Mexico. New Mexico gets two oh three. Mississippi gets two dollars and two cents. Alaska gets a dollar eighty four. Louisiana gets a dollar seventy eight. West Virginia gets a dollar seventy six. Cut off seventy six percent of their federal funding. And watch him watch Joe Manchin squeal. North Dakota, a dollar sixty-eight. Alabama, a dollar sixty-six. And you see, can go down here, the line. Here, here, here is what I keep telling you: these people are itching for an absolute violent war. They're hoping that they push yeah. that that the the progressives and the left and the Democrats will push the button. So um, it, it's a it, it, right now in this country it's a balancing act. It, it's a balancing act. It's just, it's unbelievable. But the, the thing is that I think that if the resistors in Kentucky 
sue Mitch McConnell for obstruction of justice. If this guy in Oklahoma, the governor of Oklahoma, if the citizens sue him, I mean, take these people down personally, and that's what I've been saying to people in the Department of Justice. Most of those people do not have what is required uh, because it's quite costly, is a bonding insurance. So when they do something which harms other people, those people can sue them. I just got a check in the mail today, Alpha, for $161 for uh, a company that charged me something and they weren't supposed to charge me and it was a refund as part of a settlement with this company. I had no idea. I had to figure out what the hell is this, but I'll take the money. Um, and they told me I was part of the class. So the people have to rise up. When the people of West Virginia rise up and recognize that Joe Manchin is working in the interests of the Koch brothers and the Koch brother agenda because the Koch brothers have promised him something. When the people of West Virginia wake up and see that Joe Manchin could give less than a flying fuck about them, You don't even see people, you know, uh, in in a state like like Florida. You don't see people like twenty five thousand people signing a petition, telling Ron DeSantis he has to go, asking him even just to resign. You just don't see that. So people have to take responsibility and understand as. I don't know which one of them said it, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson. I don't know who said it. But it's a democracy if you can keep it. You know, and I I find it hard to rationalize even talking about democracy in America as a marginalized citizen. I don't know what you're doing with your equipment, Alpha. Getting a message. <laughs> I got a message. I get messages. Wow. I'm on my okay. show, I guess. The people I know don't understand that I'm on the air between 9 and 11 on Friday night. Well, then you just have to wait until you get off the air, Alpha. That's how you do it. I turn off all well, devices. Oh, but but anyway, let me talk about let me let me talk about for a minute what I'm doing tomorrow night at our common ground, and then you can have your show back. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. 
Uh, we're in our episode two of our discussion on reparations, the debt that is owed. And uh, tomorrow night we're going to be talking about reparations and the paradigm shift through history, uh, looking at examining the demand for reparations, which really started <coughs> right after the emancipation uh, through many eras of black struggle, looking at reparations during or demands in slavery, Reconstruction, Jim Crow, the Civil Rights, and the Black Power era. And uh, with um, Dr. Rutledge M. Dennis, uh, who is a sociologist and, um, and an anthropologist, and he is a professor of both at uh, George Mason University. And, and looking at the remnants, anthropologically, at the remnants of the impact of um, slavery and the economic and social oppression that followed for hundreds of years, um, you know, what did they survive? What did what what did slave, slaves survive? And more importantly. What made them thrive, and where are the broken places? What costs have we paid? What costs do the descendants what, that are owed? You know, I, I think uh, anthropology is a very intriguing uh, area of study. For instance, um, how many generations... Uh, did um, parents and grandparents tell ch black children don't talk back to white people? I mean, they told them that for a reason. But how many generations was it perpetuated in that message, which to me has two things. One is don't speak up for yourself, don't protest, take whatever they they meet out. And the other is that you're not really a full human being and have the rights and privileges and the agency of your citizenship or the agency of your humanity. And what is the toll of that? So we're going to be looking at a, a, a number of things with uh, Dr. Dennis to, tomorrow night. Um, and, and I must admit, Alpha, that I am having misgivings from my experience of having the whole reparations movement blow up in my face uh, in the 70s. And I got a sense that what's going on in our Congress with H.R. 40 and what's going on with a number of, in, of the, the numbers of infighting that's going on about what reparations should be, that is going to blow up again. And, well, you know, regardless of what Joe Biden said last week, Joe Biden is not going to be this president that signs a reparations bill. 
Okay. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Thank you, Janice. This has been another exciting episode of the Alpha Show. We appreciate your listenership. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show. Join us next Wednesday, 10 p.m. That's where we are. And that's why it's almost the bewitching hour. It's almost checkmate. It's almost that time. The time is of no return. It's almost the time when we won't be able to recover because recovery simply will not be in the cards for us. We cannot, I repeat, we cannot continue down this road because this road is headed for the ultimate dead end. about appreciating what you have.
coat around my shoulders I took a walk down through the park The leaves were falling around me The groaning city in the gathering dark And on some solitary rock A desperate lover left his mark He said, baby, I've changed Please come back Head makes cloudy, heart makes very clear. I know the days were so much brighter. The time machine is here. 